Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. Hi. Hi. How are you? Are you all right? Well, I've got serious lockdown face and brain today. Actually, if I'm honest, it's because my dog sometimes does this thing and it really freaks me out when she just starts barking like mad uh-huh. at three o'clock in the morning and then she's just dying to be let out. I think, oh my God, is it someone, yeah, someone an in the garden or something? And then I'm wide awake, so I'm full of adrenaline. And mm. anyway, God help any intruder that comes across bow in our garden in the middle of the night. But <laughs> yes, so um, I'm a bit tired today. <laughs> yeah. It took you a while to get used to bow, didn't it? Uh, yeah, because she is a big dog. I mean, and she has this, she actually looks like a crocodile. I, I, I think I've said this to you before, but she, <laughs> her head points down like a crocodile snout and then as it comes towards you there's something really menacing about it because i've got used to it now it's fine but when they used to turn up at your house they think please don't eat me like it's so terrifying that, that her and your other dog was it donny donny yeah oh, you see donny donny was donny was unpredictable bo's very yeah. predictable but you wouldn't cross either of them, basically. No chance, no. no. Which is great. It, it, way too This big. is what I mean, we want. It must be like 12 stone or something, that dog. It's enormous. Yeah, 12 stone. Yeah. She's got on a constant dog. diet of solid dog. Yeah, I had her on exactly. the sofa last night. I was literally kind of squished up in the corner. <laughs> really, yeah. If you, cut, if you cut her in half, yeah. she'd just be solid meat running through that dog. Yeah, no, she would. No birds. Yeah. And muscle. Yeah, Massive. Um, yeah. I didn't sleep a wink last night. How are I you? Didn't sleep till three o'clock. Yeah, I, I've had a really tough couple of days actually. I mean, I think throughout lockdown, I've generally been quite good. I've quite enjoyed a lot of it, really. You know, getting off the treadmill of life and everything has been great. Um, but I feel like on Sunday or something like that, it just hit me like a train. You know, like I am so mm. fed up now, and I just mm. felt absolutely almost slightly depressed. Like I fell in a hole on Sunday, and yeah. I've only just come out of it this morning. And that is not you. It's not me at all. So I was very unfamiliar with the feeling. Mm. And, you know, I basically have locked, I've not had my kids the last couple of days. Uh, do you know that scene in Train Spotting where they lock Ewan McGregor in his bedroom for two days and he, he kind of goes through yeah. cold turkey? He pukes in a bucket and oh, what, yeah. sweats under the sheets. I feel like I've done <laughs> Did that. Did you for puke two in days. a bucket? I thought an emotional I, I mean, bucket. I, I, it was a metaphorical bucket that I've been throwing up into <laughs> the past two days. But I feel like this, <sighs> this morning at about 10 30, it shifted. Like I felt it lift off me. So whatever it was that came and, and weighed me down for the last two days has finally moved. Um, but it was a very, very weird feeling. It's, it's, it's an unfamiliar feeling for me. So I hope it doesn't return anytime soon. We are all over it. And yeah, I, yeah. I, what's interesting, I had a chat um, yesterday with a guy and he came up with such a good idea. Oh, my God, that's the answer. Because mm-hmm. I think the reason why I feel so annoyed is because... 
we keep being sort of slightly dangled a carrot of a release and then the goalposts get moved a bit and we get told about a new strain and it's even worse and Oxford Zeneca doesn't work against it and all of this kind of stuff and you think oh my god are you saying this because you're going to you know I don't think the main schools are going to go back on the eighth I think primary schools will go back on the eighth but I don't think main ones will and you reckon I just we're all we're all like collectively as a family we're all going nuts anyway he said what they should do because obviously lots of people now are over it and they're all lots of people are bending the rules and stuff now yes. why don't they give us a number to get to like we need to get to a number of cases or mm-hmm. and i hate talking about deaths because it, they are all of actual people who all have families so i don't do it glibly or lightly but you know get to a number where that would be in line with what would normally be happening at this time of year or something mm-hmm. like that, where they say, right, if you can get to these numbers, we'll release you. By <laughs> God, we'd all stick to like, yeah. I mean, if I saw anybody flouting the rules and I had to get to a number, I'd be like, you put your mask on and go yeah. home, you know, like. Yes, I, I know, know we'd all be a bit more encouraging, uh, perhaps. Of each it's other very incentivizing. Uh, well, we've, we, there is no target, is there, it seems, for us. I mean, the There's government none. has a target, but we don't know what that is. And no. It seems to change on a daily basis. It would be helpful to have something to aim at, I think. It's really interesting. I listened to this. Um, I follow Jordan Peterson on, on Instagram, as you know, and there's a post that he did yesterday for an interview he did with a British author called Matt Ridley. And Matt Ridley's written a book. I'm not quite sure what it is, but Jordan really liked it. But he read some excerpts from it. And one of the excerpts was uh, was reading about a family's life in, in the 1800s. And it's about, you know, they're sat around the fire in the evening and dad's reading an excerpt from the Bible and the the, do- the young daughter's comforting her young brother and mum's cooking a stew on the stove and the other brother's pouring water from a pail. And um, they're lit by the, the uh, you know, by the fire and stuff like that. And then there's another paragraph after that that describes that uh, although dad's reading from the Bible, his bronchitis is going to kill him in two years time. And the reason the young baby's crying is because it's got smallpox and the water that the boy's pouring from the pail is riddled with infection. The only reason they're lit by fire is that they can't afford to be lit by candle. You know, it was this idea of painting this picture of this idyllic life. One of the things they said is that this family have never seen a play. They've never heard the sound of a piano. They've never read any other book other than the Bible. Uh, They've never been to the city. The girl owns two dresses and one linen shirt. You know, it was this idea that it was this idyllic life that wasn't kind of corrupted by culture. And then there was the alternative to what culture brings to people and what what price you pay for it, you know, but it was really good. But and then they related it to kind of COVID today and the fact that we haven't got access to art, we can't go to the theatre and the cinema and just how much we value it, you know, and how oh much my it's been God, but so much. It's a really interesting post. It's his last the last post he did on his page, Jordan B. Peterson. Um, I'll go and it have a look. An, and it's an interview with Matt Ridley. But it really made me laugh. I was talking to Andy about it last night. We both really laughed about about the idea of, of, of what the future's brought and how we were essentially quite ungrateful for it because of all the problems that go with it. But actually, it's worth, the, the price is worth paying because of, of the art and the architecture and, you know, the movies and the theatre and the images of pictures and paintings and all sorts of things. You know, it's just so nice. And we're missing it all so much. I can't wait to, uh, to see, it, see it all again. I can't help but feel that, you know, half of us will feel so massively grateful to have access to all of that wonderful culture again 
when we're freed, but there will always be another half of people who are, you know, it's not enough. It's not good enough. It used to be better before. Yeah, I liked, yeah, it, when, be I liked it when it wasn't there. Yeah. So-and-so's making money out of opening theatres. That's so unfair. Like there's always going to be half of the population. I wonder how many people are just dissatisfied generally with everything in life. Oh yeah, plenty, I think. And, and there's plenty of, you can find evidence to support any argument. Talking about negativity, you know, people mm -hmm. who are just, everything is bad. Often I think people believe that they are just a negative person or perhaps they've been told by loved ones or their family, God, yeah, you're yeah. just so negative. And then it starts a sort of cycle of self-belief that, yeah. you know, self-prophecy that I am just a negative person. So I can only think like that. So this is how I'm going to think the rest of my life. And I did a talk for Own Your Goals with the Speakmans, who I love, yeah, yeah. by the way. Great. They yeah. are amazing. And they do this thing where they speak such sense about so many issues. And I think I spoke about them last week, didn't I? Like, did I touch on this? I, I think so, yeah, things. you might have touched on it. Anyway, yeah. they said that if you are a negative person and you're going to say something negative, and I think I said this last week again, but the sentence, the two words, but luckily, oh, yes, at the end of luckily. every, yes. every yeah. negative sentence. Yeah is such a good way out of it. And apparently your brain needs six days to um, change the- Its own kind of narrative, presumably. Its own narrative, yeah, and, start, yeah. and retraining itself. And six days of butt luckilies and you're a positive person. Great, I mean- We because don't need what, that. What, what I would say is that I don't really like this coffee, but luckily there's other coffee in the shop that I could buy. Yes. See what I did there? That's exactly it. Yeah. Are you serious? You don't like your coffee? I don't like that coffee. It's those uh, Starbucks capsules that um, I did like and I've liked for a while, but I've really gone off them now. Is that because um, Grind changed you? I mean, Grind is really good. I haven't got any Grind capsules, but I definitely need some different They're very capsules. hard to come by. Grind capsules? And I've constantly bought stuff on Grind and it arrives and it's ground coffee. It's not capsules. Uh, we need capsules. It's right? not clear yeah. enough on the website. I've done it three times. Why don't Nespresso just to let you buy them from Sainsbury's? Why do I have to buy them? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. So selfish. I'm gonna have to mix up the coffee the coffee business. Uh, I might go back to Grind or see what else they've got in Sainsbury's. I need them now though. What have you got for us today, Tavina? Well, first of all, I'd like I'd like to welcome you to Making the Cut podcast with Michael Douglas and Davina McCall. We are an amazing podcast where we tell you lots of fun things to see, do, smell, feel, watch, eat, etc. that will make your life and indeed your lockdown better. So the first one I want to talk about, and I think you're going to like this, is um, it was a recommendation by one of our listeners and it's called The Fundamentals of Caring. You must be Mr. Benjamin. Hi. Can you tell me about some of your previous clients? Trevor would be my first client. My child has a unique sense of humor. You know anything? Could you call the Make-A-Wish Foundation and tell them I want a blowjob from Katy Perry? He wakes at the same time every day. He watches TV at the same time every day. He eats at the same time yes. every day. Yes, okay, you sent me a link to this, uh, which looks great, because I like the actor in it. Craig Roberts is his name. Mm-hmm. Who was in and Submarine? Who was the right? actor in Submarine. Have we talked about Submarine? I think we have yes. on this podcast. We've done the, the album, the soundtrack, the, the, the thing. We've, we've done everything on Submarine. I love that. that, that whole he's, thing. 
he's like very diverse. He's a very talented actor because, you know, there are certain actors where you get that feeling. I used to feel that about Tom Cruise, that they could only do one thing. And then suddenly yeah. he just went nuts. He did Tropic Thunder. He did Magnolia. Like I was like, wow, somebody's accused Tom Cruise of doing the same thing every movie. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just gone nuts. Um but Craig Roberts uh, did Submarine. He's done 22 Jump Street. He's been in Skins, Tracy Beaker, Jane Eyre. Wow. And now The Fundamentals of Caring. He plays um, a guy with motor neuron, Duchenne's. He's actually Welsh. And it's funny because he says he comes from England. But in the film, you can definitely hear a Welsh accent. Okay. Directed by Rob Burnett. And he says about Paul Rudd, who's also in the movie, he says, once you've got Paul Rudd, you've got a movie. Oh, of course. Paul Rudd. Yeah, I love I him. I love him, yeah. I mean, and I think that's true. Once you've got Paul Rudd in a movie, he just adds a level. Yeah, you're sorted, of, right? Yeah, because mm. he, I, he, it's very difficult, I think, to play, and I think Ricky Gervais does it really as well, but play very funny, but then make you cry the next minute. Paul yeah, Rudd's yeah. got that. He's really kind of, I don't know, he's just, he's a pleasure to watch. Yes. Anyway, it was filmed, this film, in 26 days. And basically the, the premise is it's a mum and son and they're looking for a caregiver because it was called The Fundamentals of Caregiving, but the film got shortened, the title got shortened to Caring. Okay. Released in 2016, one hour, 37 minutes, 7.3 on IMDb. Whoa, the jackpot. Yeah, the jackpot. And... It's a really, really nice, feel-good film. Um, bit of pathos in there. Paul Rudd's fantastic. Craig Roberts. Craig Roberts, I didn't recognise him as being the boy from Submarine for ages. He uh -huh. is amazing in it. And Selena Gomez. So even for teenagers, teenagers will love it because mm -hmm. the two main protagonists are teenagers themselves. And so your teens will love it too. Great. Uh, I, I don't know if Joel said he's seen it or not, but I think he, I'm sure he said he, he mm. he's seen it. But I, I've heard nothing but good things about this, mm. obviously from you, but then two or three other people that have uh, that I spoke to about it as well. So I'm super delighted to watch this. So, so um, it's funny, isn't it, when you think that it came out in 2016 and I hadn't heard of it until yeah. now? Like I think it's just because people are consuming movies mm. and TV's programs at such. A, a rate that we are now going back and back and back years and years watching movies <laughs> yeah, that have actors that we like in that we hadn't quite watched before and yeah. suddenly movies that were made you know absolutely m many moons ago so this was made five years ago it is very weird that isn't it um i think uh shawshank redemption is a great example of that that some movies just aren't very good in the cinema but as soon as they hit mm. the tv screens or you get access to them in a different format. They're massive. Mm. Shawshank Redemption bombed at the box office. What was that? The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> it, it bombed at the, uh, at the box office. You say it. Come on. <laughs> what? The sh <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. The sh the sh Hang on. No, because you've made me feel funny about it now. Hang on. Do it. The Shawshank the sh I can do it. The, Shawsh the Shawshank Redemption. Well done. But you do sound a well bit drunk done. when you say it, don't you? Yeah, you Shawshank. do sound a bit drunk. But, but totally, 
fucking totally bombed at the box office. That it's turned. In, you go into IMDb, it's like the number one movie of all time. Oh, and you think it's got it's is, nine point two, nine point two. Crazy, isn't it? There's very few things that have got a ten on IMDb, but you know what? Is something that's got what? Yeah, um, I'm Panther? just going to double check because it, it it floats. Is it, it Black fluctuates. Panther? Uh, well, let me have a little look actually, because that could be um, black. Oh, God, I've lost the ability to spell black. Blank. I've put the blank panther. <laughs> blank. Black. Panther. Okay. No, seven point three. Oh. Yeah. It I deserves know. a lot more than that. Uh. But uh, there is w one thing I believe that does have. I'm just going to find because it, it it's an episode of something, not an, an actual movie. Oh, okay. Uh, so as you know, I'm plowing through the second run of Breaking Bad. Yes. And I am on um, episode eleven of season five. I think it is. Yes. Episode fourteen of season five of Breaking Bad is a ten out of ten on IMDb. It's called Ozymandias. Yeah, I just don't really remember it, but I'll have to go and have a look. I mean, obviously, the episode only works if you've watched everything else in the run-up to the episode, because it's so filled with conclusions and, and, and pointers and little things that you've been waiting for for the entire series to come together. It's not the final episode, weirdly. There's another three episodes after it, but it's number 14, season five. It's called Ozymandias, which I think is a famous piece of poetry or a famous piece of writing that is a metaphor for the episode itself. But there's a really brilliant scene in it where, I don't know if you remember the opening scene of Breaking Bad, but his trousers fly off into the distance. They've been hung on a, on a rear view mirror of the, of the RV and the trousers fly off in the desert. And then he crashes the RV and he gets out and he says, my name is Walter Hartwell White and this is not a confession of guilt. I don't know if you remember that or not. He's holding a video camera. Yes. And in, in Ozymandias, he drives past his trousers in the desert five years later. Wow. I just remember seeing that, I think, whoa. So that's just a tiny snippet of what's in that episode, but it's like a roller coaster of emotions. But it's the only thing I've ever found on IMDb that's a 10 out of 10. Wow. Well, now we can challenge our listeners. Yes. Okay. See if they can find, find us anything else. Some more a, 10 out of 10s. There's a, there's a Peep Show episode of 9.8 as well. Uh, which is wow. pretty outrageously good, isn't it? Yeah. But sorry, going back to what you were saying about the things that were made a while ago, I've stumbled across a, a short Mitchell and Webb series that were made uh, for the BBC in 2013. Back. No, not back. This is another thing they did together, which I am completely unfamiliar with. I've never seen it before. Oh, my, my God. I stumbled across it. We were like, what is this? And why have we not seen it? I'm not entirely sure What's what it, it is. So I, I I can't remember, so I'm going to store it up, I think, for maybe next week's episode, because I'll watch it. Oh, OK, and you're going to watch uh, some? Uh, yes. Uh, Mitchell and Webb, and we'll uh, we'll see what it's all about. But it looks well, that's... great. I'm very excited to have stumbled across it, but like, it's eight years old. Like, why don't I know about this? Well, that's what the internet's given us. We can now just cross-reference everything. So if we like a director, I mean, it was quite interesting on the next thing that I'm going to talk about, you know, I started looking at all the movies that the director had made because it was so beautifully shot. Yeah. And then you sort of get into a, like a, a wormhole, don't you? You don't mind what year it was. You just want to kind of delve deeper yes. into their back catalogue. 
Um, next thing I want to talk about is, is a, a, an album that me and you two, uh, me and you listened to quite a bit over Christmas, just by mm. random, uh, really. But it's a Coldplay album, and now I, I can imagine lot, lot, there's lots of people out there that aren't that bothered about Coldplay, and and, and I'm not that bothered about Coldplay either. I, I've never seen them live, particularly. I don't really own much of their work, but I did enjoy that documentary that I recommended earlier this year. And they made an album called Ghost Stories in about 2014, I think it was. And it's a it's a record that I don't really know or anything like that, but I was really bored. Yeah, I didn't know it. And um, I, we spent a bit of time together over the festive season. And I, I would just put it on in the background. And then as it as it was on more and more, we were both like, wow, this is quite trippy, isn't it? Or oh, this is quite weird or this is quite gentle, one thing or another. And in the documentary I watched, they talk about, um, obviously, the, the the breakup of Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. And it all seems quite sad of that. I get the feeling that it, it wasn't his decision. He was pretty heartbroken about it. And I did wonder whether that came out in there was any particular songs that he'd written. As you know, I've been a big fan of Paul Weller for my whole adult life, really. And he's been through several breakups. And I always find the best albums he's ever done. That's right always. in the middle of... Yeah, right. So I think, oh, great, because... Most of the best songs ever written are usually about love or heartbreak in some way. And it's not an easy thing to do to write a really credible, good love song. Unless you're Katy Perry, in which case when she fell in love and then subsequently split up, um, I didn't like sad Katy Perry music at oh, all. Oh, did you not? No. no. Okay, I, guess... I like Last Friday Night. I like Raw. I like Fireworks. I like happy songs. So something Katie about Perry, girls happy. kissing girls as well. Is there a, yes, is I kissed a girl and I liked it. My my five-year-old, Tolly was five or six at the time, sitting in the back of the car going, I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> I remember being on holiday with my two little boys when they were about three and five. And there was a song that used to go, suicidal, suicidal. And both of them were just singing along saying, I'm suicidal. I used to think, what the hell are you singing? You know, that's uh, so it's, funny. It's very funny, isn't it? So, yes, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's a breakup album. Uh, and anyway, it turns out that this is the breakup album of Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. And as soon as you know that, the whole album opens up into a whole yeah. new world of meaning because you just think, oh, these songs, you know, he does that song Magic. Call it magic, and I just think, oh yes, quite a nice song about magic, you know. And then all of a sudden, you realise, oh, it's it's not about that. It's more about it, it, their relationship and how magical that was. And there's two or three really weird songs on there. There's yeah, one called, really, and they go really out there. Yeah, there's one called Midnight where it's got this slightly trippy vocalizer machine on it, and then there's a very deep synth noise all the way going through it, and then the voice is layered in probably about five different harmonies. You do that through through this kind of harmonising machine because I've got one. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And then the song kind of peters around a bit and then it sinks into this very weird, trancy, laser-like, Ibiza-esque, mystical sound. And I was like, wow, this is loads better than I was ever expecting as soon as you, you enter the, the nuts and bolts of the album. Mm. There's two or three other kind of lovely songs on there. There's a really heartbreaking one called True Love, I think. And I thought, oh, I wonder, I wonder what this one's like. Is it, you know, is it a breakup song or, or you know, where would it position itself in the realms of love? But one of the, mm. one of the lines is in it. It says, just say you love me. And if you don't, then lie. And I know it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. The, what the did the band, because I quite like the way that um, you talked about what, how the band talked about Chris at that time. 
Like they yeah. cocooned him up. Where did they record it and everything? They recorded the album in Guy Berryman's house. Guy Berryman's the, the bass player and he's he's obviously got a lovely big London North London house and they just decided to record the whole album there so you get the feeling they brought Chris into this very safe environment and allowed him to just sing and write whatever he felt and they do go on to say that the album is the most kind of personal work they've ever put out you know it's it's Mm. very autobiographical and it is exactly how he was feeling at that time and uh, they didn't really leave the house I think they just literally made the record there and, mm. and then and then put it out. And I think it was a kind of cathartic journey, I guess, for Chris Martin to put out exactly how he was feeling. But it's a very nice kind of friendly thing to do that, I guess, where you can see one of your friends is really struggling and suffering enormously. And then they all just rally around him and then allow him, I guess, just to pour. That's the his perfect heart band, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You wouldn't but, see uh, the Gallagher brothers doing that. <laughs> Could you, could you imagine that Liam's broken up with Patsy we're going to do a, an album uh, for him and I get the cocaine and the crystal meth out we've got some bongs over here for Bonehead I mean it'd just be hilarious so yeah it's a very sensitive record but I'd, I'd like to recommend it to people to have a listen to really just to put on in the background if you're doing some housework or pottering about or something like that there's nothing challenging about the record really it's very nice and melodic and it washes over you but I think when you listen to the lyrics and everything, you realise what, what's behind them. I think there's a, you know, there's a lovely stretch of depth in there that is really quite moving and I've really, really enjoyed it. And the album takes you on a little journey. It's quite a struggle and it's quite sad and melancholy. And then towards the end of the album is the song, The Sky Full of Stars, which is this huge celebration, I guess, of, of recovery, I guess, of getting past, I guess, all this sadness. And then you get this kind of, Christmas cracker present of a of an uplifting song that's full of light and optimism and everything and when you hear that you kind of go oh my god thank god the album's resolved itself in some kind of happy way uh, and that song I think is probably one of their best songs I think mm. in regards to, to being a positive force of energy and I have great memories of listening to that song in Las Vegas with my mate on his 50th birthday <laughs> dancing around in our trunks <laughs> yeah and I thought what a great song that is and then it finishes on a song called Oh which is just a, a piano ballad which I absolutely love that my son as you know has learned to play on the piano after listening after me boring him with it for so long but it's a really beautiful end to the album so I'd highly recommend you go and have a listen to that and I, I appreciate that not everybody likes Coldplay and there's all sorts of different reasons for that but uh, give it a whirl anyway and see what you think I do think that once you know a story behind an album and there aren't many albums that have just one common theme running through the whole thing mm. of heartache you know a, an album will be made up of uh, 11 or 12 different songs all pertaining to different people or different reasons or different circumstances or different situations but this is like a journey mm. It really is a really I've really enjoyed it I never really liked it before I knew about the journey so I think once you know about the journey and you listen to it again it takes on a whole new life mm. I have seen Coldplay you have haven't you yes I'm we're gonna jealous. go yeah great yeah, the next time great. they're they're playing we're going okay my treat sweetheart <laughs> yeah, my treat great <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you about um, a TV program that I was put off by other people. And um, it is really, really weird, but this uh, 
it's not a TV program. It was on Netflix, so I think it okay. was a TV program, but it was a movie. Yeah. It's called The Dig. Should we take a look at them then? Right. Things like this are usually done through museums. Yes, but with the war coming, they couldn't embark upon any new ventures. Well, I've been on digs since I was old enough to hold a trowel. My father taught me. Mm-hmm. And it appears to have polarised the nation. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Because... A lot of people have said, oh, my gosh, it's the most boring film. Nothing happens. It's like watching paint dry. I have to say, I've watched it over two nights, so it was a bit broken up. But I was in tatters last night at the end of the film. I found it completely compelling. Mm -hmm. From the minute it started, not only is it an exquisite piece of filming, it's all set in Suffolk. And the director is a guy called Simon Stone. And uh, it made me giggle a bit because I thought his directing was so gorgeous that I went mm-hmm. to look up other movies that he'd done. Um, none of them rate that well on IMDb, but okay. he really only had three movies in his biog. Um, okay. But he was only born in 1985, so he's got lots of time. But Bloody hell, they were called, bells. I know, a baby. I know. That is a millennial, right? Yeah. His films are called The Daughter... The dig and the turning. I was like, oh my God, is this the thing? Like he's got, everything's gonna have to the, have the word the in the front of it. Um the, sofa. the yeah. bar, the nightclub. <laughs> so basically the the concept is, and I I'm not gonna talk too much about it because it will have a spoiler. Okay. Yes, David, we're talking yeah. to you. Um, David was one of our listeners who did say Michael does give away too many spoilers. So we're very conscious of that now, both of us. We're trying to yeah. be very careful. So an archaeologist embarks on the historically important excavation of Sutton Hoo, and it's in 1938. It is a true thing that happened. I'd heard it was true, yeah. Some of it is uh, slightly, there are characters in there who didn't exist. There is love, there is passion in terms of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. There is an urgency, there's an excitement there's a what's it going to be? There's a is it going to be something? There's pathos. I mean, it's really, really such a brilliant movie. And I don't really understand how people can think that it's slow moving. The cast is unbelievably good. Um, you've got Carrie Mulligan, who, interestingly, she was 36 when she played this. And actually, the character that she played, um, Edith Pretty, was 56 in True oh. Life. Yeah. God. 
So she, she's she, normally playing characters much younger than herself. Yes. This is a situation when and they've aged she, her. I mean, I would have put her at sort of 45, possibly. Okay. You know, she, she, did, she did it really, really well. In the film, she's got a son, and that's quite an important part of the storyline. But I don't think Edith Pretty had a young son in true life at the discovery of Sutton okay. I always okay. say true life because this is what I used to say to my kids. Yeah, in true life. Pesta would say to me, did it happen in true life? Yeah. I used to say. So I always use that uh, turn of phrase. So Rafe Fiennes is in it and he right. is genius. I mean, everything he comes to, he just adds a sort of layer of gravitas and serious acting. Yeah. And it's always quite method. He's always playing a very particular character and he is meticulous about that character. But Rafe himself was actually born in Ipswich in Suffolk, oh, which is he? home of a museum that features in the movie. Okay. And not only that, but him and his brother helped to establish an archaeological field school when they were much younger, him and his brother. Oh, wow. So he has a real passion for archaeology and everything. So he's really good in this part. But it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. Lily James is in it. Um, she plays uh, also an archaeologist that comes along to help. And it's got a 7.2 on IMDb. I would highly, highly recommend it. It's in the top watch thing of Netflix as well. Is it? Yeah. And it's a Netflix original? Yeah. Great. I mean, they're not messing about Netflix, are they? They are really pulling out I mean, all the stops. I remember Steven you know, Spielberg complained about them not long ago, didn't he, saying they shouldn't be allowed to enter the Oscars and all of that mm. stuff. It's like, why shouldn't they? I mean, they're just a movie studio like everybody else. They just make TV mm. as well. It's this weird distinction between movie and television that, that the movie industry didn't seem to like. But mm. I, I'm really glad it's joined it's joined forces. And I'm glad Netflix get a chance at the Oscars because everybody's got to up their game, right? I mean, more competition means better quality for everybody. Yeah, I guess um, that is it competition. They're just so minted, Netflix. They're, I, I still they think just can throw yeah. money at everything. There's still plenty of competition out there, I think. I mean, um, just to let you know, mm. Michael, one yeah. hour 52. That's how long we've been talking. I can't believe no. it. Um, one hour it's, 52. Yeah, it's over all. seven. It's the magic. It's the magic combination. It's the, it's the winning formula of anything you could watch. Over, over seven and under two hours. I would like to say it's a 12, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't show a 12-year-old because they just wouldn't get it. It would be okay. very boring for a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to be at least 16 to 18 to watch it yeah. because you, you need to understand all the nuances. Um, but I really can't recommend it high enough. I'm looking forward to that. I, uh, I've been struggling uh, to find something to watch recently. Mm. And now Breaking Bad slowly winding its way to the end. I'm getting very yes. anxious. So I'd like us now to mm. talk about your uh, vacuum cleaner. Um, that's oh. where I want, I want to go. Because this is the thing that I think I'm most excited about. And of course, it's very easy for us to recommend TV shows and movies and stuff yeah. like that here because of our current situation. I've got one other TV thing that I do want to talk about briefly, but I really want to talk about the remote control like Hoover situation. Okay, so this is this is easy to talk about because um, we, we discussed vacuum cleaners last week. Yep. We were discussing all the different types you can get and Shark have gone cordless. But I have literally made a, a, a complete like amazing discovery that is going to and has already changed my life 
So this is the robotic, it's a RoboVac. So it actually, the, the circumference of it was much bigger than I thought. It's maybe 30 centimeters across. Yeah, I think it's probably, I think it's bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's yes, bigger. Yeah, maybe, maybe 40, 40 or 50. Yeah. It clicks into a unit on the floor. It charges itself. I lift up the chairs and the stools because the kitchen is the room that yeah, literally yeah. I Every hoover night. it. And the minute I've hoovered it, like three seconds later, I'm in a rental at the moment and you walk in from the outside directly into the kitchen. So it's covered in dog hair, my hair. Michael, how much do I molt? Yeah, you uh, molt an enormous amount of hair. It's, it's everywhere, basically. It's shocking. I'm sorry. I, but I don't so, you know, so I'm molting, the dog's molting, there's stuff being brought in from outside. Yeah. I mean, don't even get me started on the bread station. Everybody has a bread station <laughs> in their house. The floor by the bread station is revolting. So you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yes. So every night I put the stools on the on the bar, on the like island in the middle. I put the chairs up on the table. Table. And I press the button on um, Eileen. I'm going to call her Eileen. Really? And, yeah. And um, off she goes and she comes out of her her sort of charging pack. And she leaves the charging pack and she sort of wheels out. And then she's like, okay, I'm off. And then she just starts zooming around and she maps out the kitchen. So now she mm. doesn't bump into anything anymore, yeah. which is okay. really weird. Oh, but she knows where everything is now. She right? knows where to go. She can't negotiate slopes. So if you've got a slightly different level yeah, with um, that, a it? door. Yeah. So she can't go into the living room because the living room is a tiny bit, bit down. Yeah. She can go it's into it, but she can't down, get back out again. Um, also, she cries out for help when she gets stuck in something. So she starts beeping. So she got stuck under a coffee table yeah. um, the other day. Or um, <laughs> she, this morning I went downstairs and I felt really bad because um, Eileen was stuck in the downstairs loo. And I don't know what had happened, but she must have tried to clean behind the bathroom door, the loo door, yeah. and it had shut on her. And I she opened didn't... it and I felt... And she'd, she'd probably, gone to sleep. She'd, she'd run out of battery. Uh, she'd probably gone in there for a wee. Or a, or a, for a to, wee. To poo out the waste. Anyway, it's frightening. It is weird that th these vacuum cleaners, these robo-vacs kind of do feel a bit human. I wouldn't want it on in the daytime. It's very noisy. But every time uh -huh. it goes around the kitchen, and I do it every day, and then I do like a hoover once or twice a week, a proper one to get in the nooks and crannies. But she picks up a whole thing full of dust, hair, yeah. dog hair. It's unbelievable. And she washes. So there's a separate section you can yeah. put in, which you put cleaning fluid in, you know, like your normal floor cleaning fluid, and she will wash the floor for you. She is amazing. Get one. There's something brilliant about it because I, I just came to visit you and there it was in a box and I thought, I've got it. I, I, like as a child, like I am, I just had to get it out immediately and work out how it works. So you can download an app for it and then you can, can you can, you can, I guess, time it and program it to do various I've things. I've got to do that. To, I'm going to do to that tonight. In, it can stay in certain rooms. So if you do have a room that's down and, and one that's up, I think you can map out on the app where you want it to go and where you don't want it to go. You can map out a time of when you'd like it to do things and when you don't. So if you go to work, then, you, you know, you could get it to come on at 9.15 and then it would finish at 12.30 or whatever. So there's things like that that'll do. But it is remarkable how 
it's essentially like R2-D2 or C-3PO. You could easily start talking to it and, and form a funny relationship with it human. because yes. it interacts with the environment by going, oh, there's a bit of dirt over here. Shall I get this? Yeah, please. Okay, I'll go and get it. Yeah. It's, and there's also something very cute about it. Like, it's really cute. But also the really nice thing, you come down every morning to clean. You're not stepping in breadcrumbs or crumbs and all the rest of it, yeah. or anything like that. It's clean. I was, amazed, I, was, I was amazed how good it, how efficient it was at, at cleaning and how much cleaning it did. Because you might think, oh, it'd be a bit of a con. Is it really going to pick up all this stuff? But I found that when I emptied the cartridge, there was, it wasn't just like dirt and hair in there. There was a paper clip in there and there was a few bits yes. of plastic and a, a, a cable tie and all sorts of stuff. I was thinking, mm, wow, like it's picking up all of this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely loved it. My house is a bit impractical for one because of all the different layers in it and stuff like that. But if you've got a, a flat or an apartment or you could have one upstairs, one downstairs, and you could program it not to go near the stairs, you know, it would be it'd do all your hoovering for you. It's so good. I've loved it's it. It's so the good. best thing you've bought since since the Xylus Chopper since the Xylus Chopper yeah so what brand is it that you bought can you remember well what I was going to say was I don't really think it matters about the brand um okay. I, I I would say that go on, go on online the... yeah. there are various there are various different ones um I think this one was like 230 quid okay um but I wanted one that could wash a floor as well mm. But you can get them for 150 quid. And yes, they there's cheaper ones, all, isn't there? There's yeah, there's cheaper ones, but there's also ones that you can get for 899 pounds. I don't I don't quite know yeah. what you I mean, you know, make you a cup well, of tea in the morning. That's what it should be doing for that kind of money. But God, I'd buy that. You can buy money. a hairdryer for a tenner or for four hundred pounds. So, you know, it, it's the same principles apply. I guess uh, the other thing that's quite interesting about it is as it starts to run out of battery, it returns to the charger to charge yes. itself. And Unless it's locked in the loo. Yes, of course. But that's also a brilliant little uh, feature of it. So, yeah, I, I love these things. It's so yeah, good. good. Um, um, I, I'm so amazed. The, I'm very excited about it. On the subject of crumbs. Uh, so mm. last year, I, I've got an M&S BP garage near me. And occasionally, if I need like a quick pint of milk or a loaf of bread or whatever, I just nip there. And last year, they used to do this thing called a sourdough loaf. So it was a loaf of sourdough. Now, sourdough you is normally sourdough. like a round. I do love a bit of sourdough. You, you love it. Mm. sourdough is normally like a big round loaf with a crusty edge on it and you really need to mm. slice it or you get it sliced in the bakery or why something do you like, like it i don't really know it's a mixture of crunchy and chewy like the the crust mm. is a very crunchy crust yet the bread is very doughy and very chewy there's nothing mm. crumbly or dry about it like somebody gave me some like not sourdough what's the other bread soda bread Oh, I love God Almighty! Bread. It took me half an hour to get through that. It was oh, so dense it. and it's so dry. It's love like it. I, don't, I don't understand why you would mm. love that. There's nothing nice mm. about that. And then rye bread as well. And it's just I really hate dense bread. Like I don't want dense. I want light and fluffy. So there's barely any calories in it. And you know, but <laughs> it it's a bit chewy that. and a bit crispy. <laughs> well, I think it does. I think the weight of the bread surely means how much weight is in it so if it's a heavy slice presumably there's loads more calories in it so i like it light so that's one reason i do like sourdough there's a lot of air in it if you look at a slice of sourdough there's loads of holes in it right so i assume there's less less bread but anyway marks and spencers used to do a small sourdough loaf so it's 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 baked in a tin like a loaf of bread and it's sliced 
it's white as well, which I do quite like white bread. Anyway, it disappeared for like the last nine months. I've not been able to get hold of it. And I was heartbroken. One, because of the size of the loaf is perfect for me. And two, because it's this sourdough stuff. Anyway, I went to Mark Suspensers the other day and I found it and I can't believe they've reintroduced it. So whether it's a seasonal thing and they only bring it out in spring or what, but oh my God, folks, if you like toast, this is the greatest toasty loaf you will ever have. So it's in a green and see-through wrapper. It's called the sourdough loaf. It's half the size of a normal loaf of bread, I would say. Which is so useful. Exactly. No waste, right? No waste. It's great for a bacon sandwich. It's great for a bit of peanut butter on toast. It's great for dipping in soup. It's like the all-time greatest bread. Size, weight, taste and texture. It's a no-brainer. I want to go and get one now, but Marks and Spencer's is too far away. Is it? Mm. Oh, there's the petrol station. I'm going. I'm going to go tonight. We're all going to have... Oh, the kids are at their dad's tonight. Do you know what I'm going to cook? On. What on would top. I have on my sourdough toast? Oh, crikey. Toast eggs. We're in Mr. and Mrs. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well done. I know. You're egg crazy. Um, I am. Has, have you increased your intake of eggs since the menopause, do you think? No. No, okay. You've always just liked eggs. Yeah, always. Okay. I and I, I went through a very, very dark time in my life when the Daily Mail told me that the eggs were going to kill me. And then they said that was rubbish. Was that Edwina Curry that's, that started that? Remember one Edwina egg a week Curry? or something. We weren't, we were only allowed one yeah, egg was, a week or something like that. And now we're allowed to have two a day. Yes. <laughs> is that what it is? Two a day? Yeah. I, I love eggs. Okay, just before we, we finish off. So uh, we, it, we, we've been recommended this by hundreds of people, but it was called The yeah. Serpent and it's on the BBC iPlayer. And The Serpent is a drama about mm-hmm. a true story about a serial killer based in Bangkok. Uh, he was a French oh guy. Oh my God, you've uh, like, got Vietnamese. me already. This sounds amazing. Yeah, French Vietnamese in the 70s. And um, he had all sorts of different aliases uh, and different identities and posed as all sorts of different things from a gem dealer, uh, you know, to a kind of hustler, uh, to one thing or another. And he had a kind of a dislike for hippies, especially kind of middle-class Western hippies traveling through uh, Bangkok. And he would convince them somehow to come and stay at his house with his girlfriend. And then uh, all sorts of mischief would ensue. It's a true story. Uh, It is fascinating. I've just been onto Wikipedia to have a little look to see what happened to him. I think he's still alive at the moment. So this is in the 70s. And he managed to evade capture and all sorts of things for a very long time. I mean, I'm anxious about giving away spoilers. I only watched the first two episodes. Now, oh, it's a series. It's a series called The Serpent. We love a serial killer series. On the BBC iPlayer, yes. So I'm just having a little look. Uh, let's see what I got here. So he was called Charles Sobrage. So a thief, a fraudster, and a serial killer. And he preyed on Western t- uh, tourists throughout the hippie trail of Southeast Asia during the 70s. He was best known as the Bikini Killer, the Splitting Killer, but he was also known as the Serpent. I mean, he was very charismatic, basically. Now, he's been... Uh, yes, I guess they are, you know. He's been the subject of four different biographies, so I'd really quite like to see one of these biography documentaries. Um, sorry, he's been um, four biographies and three documentaries and a Bollywood movie. Uh, and this is an eight-part BBC drama called The Serpent. Um, I, I don't really recognise any of the actors in it, so it's not anyone I'm super familiar with. 
the acting is very, very good in it. The wigs, once again, you know, I always slightly struggle with wigs and I can, I guess because it's my business, I can see them sometimes and it slightly, just slightly takes the edge off it for me. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. And I really love the way they're portraying Bangkok. I'm not entirely sure where it's been filmed, but it looks very authentic to me at the moment. Uh, and it's slightly spooky and creepy because he seems like a genuinely nice fella. So in episode one, he picks up this guy who's trying to buy, who was looking at buying his wife an engagement ring. He's a young Dutch guy and his girlfriend, and they're just like traveling through Nepal for a year. And he bumps oh, into them. Hang on. Did we not watch this episode together? No, we didn't. Maybe you've watched episode one. No. Um, and I often find myself thinking, oh, if a, if a random stranger like that started talking to me and saying, oh, I, I could help you buy this engagement ring for half the price, if you like. I think, yeah, I probably would be interested. And then he said, do you want to come back to my house for a party? And you think, would I go back to a stranger's house for a party who's just helped me buy a, a, a diamond ring? Yeah, maybe I would, actually. I you would. know, I always try and think... Oh, at what point would I say, oh, that's a bit weird. I probably won't do that, you know. But so far, I found myself thinking, yeah, I probably would kind of get enticed by this guy. And I would find myself probably being a bit vulnerable and putting myself in this position. So I it, think it's I all... have watched the first episode. Oh, do you? Yeah. OK. Um, so anyway. And they're by a pool and there's a pool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely I mean, going to watch some more. Yeah. Yes, well, I, you know, I'm going to watch episode three tonight, probably. Um, anyway, I'm really enjoying it. And thanks for the recommendation, because we must have had about 50 people recommend this to us. So it's difficult to pinpoint one person in particular. But anyone who sent a message in, thank you. Can I recommend one more Instagram account? Yeah, of course. Because um, I've been looking at getting some plates. Oh, yeah. This is Crockery, uh, just about, an, right? yeah, and it's this is just an Instagram account, but she just does amazing things with glazing. And if you just want to get a bowl, any size of bowl or a plate, or she does commissions, she'll do bespoke stuff. It's called um, on Instagram. It's lots underscore pots underscore UK. A bit like Megan B. She's a kitchen. She's a kitchen entrepreneur. You know, she started up the business literally from her kitchen table. She's an incredibly creative person, Lottie. And it's got 22 karat gold in it, but it's not Ooh. crazy expensive. It's like a, it is a statement piece, but that's why yeah. it would probably be nice to be a gift for somebody. But she could tailor make it for any kind of colorway that you've got in your kitchen, which I think is amazing. Nice. Yeah. If, if you've got a kind of kitchen with bits of hints of yellow in it, she could do kind of a yellow and with bits of gold in there and stuff like that. It's really, really creative and beautiful. She's definitely worth checking out. Lots of pots. UK, lots underscore pots, underscore UK. Uh, very good. I'm going to do a couple of readouts. Now, the first one I'm going to read out, I'm not going to uh, say who it's from, but this uh, was a kind of lovely, heartfelt message that we got. And it says, hi, Davina and Michael, always listen to the podcast and really enjoy it. So on your recommendation, I asked my husband for this Megan B handbag and it's mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous. It was the blue suede oh. one. I loved oh. the blue suede one. I was like, Amazing. oh my God. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then it says, sadly, it turned out to be the last gift my husband bought me ever as he passed away on the 5th of January. So this little bag is, uh, with its love you charm, will always be so special. Uh, and then there's a kiss at the end there. She sent a couple of pictures of the bag with the charm on it. Um, I mean... Oh, God. Right, I know. The bag is totally beautiful. And, uh, you know, the fact that it um, is a great, I guess... 
reminder of your husband and I hope that um, you've got lots of happy memories uh, of him. You know, it's a real heartbreaker, that, isn't it? Oh, and also we just, we would like to just send you a huge hug. And, oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. And not being able to, I, I, losing somebody at this time is the hardest time of all because there are so many complications around, but it's much harder to get the support and the love that you need or the cuddle that you need or the, you know, just yeah. the sort of hand to hold or... Mm. you know your friends popping around for a cup of tea you know like there are many people who've been bereaved during this last year who haven't had any of that so just sending you an enormous an enormous cuddle absolutely um we've had a message from anna o'neill uh she she commented do you know anna o'neill you know anna o'neill do i yeah she came around for dinner ages ago with pip oh that's anna o'neill yes (laughs) Great. She commented on your uh, post of your roaming Hoover and he says, he says, until one day, mine drove itself outside into all the dog poo after leaving the front door open. Oh, yeah, I guess you leave the front door open. It's out there. Um, Oh, no. I know. A nightmare, isn't it? Someone sent us a picture of squirrel sisters. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've I've ordered some. I'm going to talk about it when they arrive. Oh, yes, because I can see you've answered this message. Yeah. Very good. That's from Joe Leader. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that, Joe. Thank you. Um, Joy Hudson says, sorry, here again. Just listen to the latest podcast. I've had a robot hoover for over a year now. I absolutely love it. It's a Uafi. And it was £150, and it's on a timer to come on every day. I love her, Perfect. yes. She's called Florence the Machine. <laughs> ah, that's genius. Uh, very good, very good. Saves you so much time, and the dog um, just has to sneeze uh, and there's hair. Yeah, I mean, dogs, they molt everywhere. Yes. But nothing quite like you. No, molting. no. Um, so, Joy Harrison, thanks very much indeed for that. Um, and uh, Emma Pearson uh, said, hi. Have you watched The Serpent? Oh, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> You can binge watch it too. It's just based on a true story, uh, but don't watch it before going to bed. <laughs> oh, no choice. Call. Yeah. Uh, Kerry Lord, um, this is great. I'd forgotten about this. I was desperate to be. Every time I watch something good, I feel like I have to let you know. This is Kerry Lord. <laughs> just finished the film Instant Family on Netflix. It's funny, heartwarming, and based on a true story. Uh, a feel-good film, but be prepared to laugh and cry. I think this is the one with Mark Wahlberg in it. Do you remember it's when they adopt, so, adopt some kids? So, so, uh, so good. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? I said, we love that film. Thanks for reminding us. And, uh, and then she said, hi. I can't say the credit. It was recommended by Lily and Anna on their podcast, but they're recommending an app for sorting your photos out called Get Sorted. So there's a podcast, obviously, from Lily and Anna, but I desperately need an app that sorts my photos out. So she said it's called Get Sorted. It makes sorting your photos so easy and it breaks it down into manageable chunks. Although I did my whole phone in two days, I got rid of 71% of my photos that were mainly duplicates or screenshots. Oh, my God. Yeah. But you swipe one way to... It's called Get Sorted. And you swipe, it says, you swipe one way to keep and another way to delete and so much faster than doing it the normal way. So uh, thanks for that, Kerry. And... Lily and Anna on their podcast. I don't know what their podcast who, is, but God, who, sounds like competition. Could, could she let us know who are Lily and Anna? Yeah. Yeah. And how do we, we get rid of know. them? Um, because yeah, we want quietly. to get rid of them. 
all the competition. Well, no one's watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kerry Lord, thanks very much in that. I've got 3% less on my computer. We're probably running out of okay. time anyway, right? Okay, okay. Uh, it's nice to see you. Oh, God, hi. Hi. I mean, I might see you this weekend or something like that. We'll see what happens. Yes, please. Um, oh, we're working together. Yeah, we are. Oh, my God, I'm definitely going to see you. Yeah, yeah. Your hair's going to get a treat. Yeah. It's going to look amazing. So I'm going to see Saturday. you. I'm going to see you Friday night. Yep. We're working Saturday morning. Hallelujah. For Hallelujah. Work. I'm delighted. Mm. Um, have a nice evening tonight. Okay. Wednesday, by the way, folks. Um, have a nice evening tonight. See you in a couple of days. And uh, okay. take it easy. And enjoy Eileen. She got yeah, a surname, Eileen. She called no, it's just Dover. so I can go, come on, Eileen. No. Come on, well, Eileen. Look at this. No. <gasps> Ronnie. Hello, Ronnie. Say hello oh. to the camera. Say hello to Eileen for me. I will. I'll give her a cuddle. Yeah. All right. She's a good girl. I'll see you later. Bye. Um, <laughs> bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.